Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Testing, testing, testing. Come on. All right, did I start over? Can I just go from here? Okay. Genesis 32 this morning. Appreciate all of you coming this morning. Appreciate your pastor again. But there's a famous uh, uh, painter called Brimbrack. He's a Dutch painter, and he painted the famous uh, portrait of the particle sun. And this in the 1800s or, or, or before, actually, in the late 1700s. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, in St. Petersburg Museum. It's stored there. It's on display, actually. It's a, it's a world-famous uh, portrait. And uh, so anyway, it's, it's there. And so five guys get drunk one night. And they get drunk. They, they break in the door of this museum. And they get this uh, painting. They stomped on the muddy feet. And they took a... Uh, a blade cut from corner to corner. They uh, they did different things. It ruined it. So anyway, you can imagine they're devastated the next morning. They come in. They see uh, the museum's been broken. But this masterpiece is now laid on the floor. It's mud uh, prints all over it, boot prints. And uh, cheap beer's been dumped all over it. And it's ripped. And they're devastated. They think, you know what? This is a lost cause. It's ruined. So the, to their best, uh, hey, we're going to recover some of the money anyway. So they put an auction together. We're going to auction this thing off. So as they're looking at it, nobody's willing to bid anything. So the auctioneer goes, $1, $2. And somebody give me 2 Nobody's hand raised. To their surprise, Rembrandt uh, representative came in and paid full price for this uh, portrait. And so he takes it back to Rembrandt. The story goes that uh, Rembrandt, uh, weeped over as he's seen it, but he began to go to work on it. He began to uh, take a real, almost a seat, of, uh, almost a, 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 he couldn't even see it, this thread, and he began to sew up the, this, the, uh, the ripped tear in the canvas, and they said when he's done the tear, it almost like a faint scar in it. He began to clean all the mud off of it, the, the cheap beard that spilled. He began to clean all that. He painted the, the parts that was destroyed, uh, and when it was done, he brought it back in, and and people were, you know, breathtaking. You know, oh, it's, it's almost more beautiful now than ever was. But remember, it said these words. He said, this is a better picture of Christ even now. It was beautiful, then broken by wicked men, and restored again. Can you say amen? amen. 
In our text more, we're going to see a man whose life is broken. Not only broken, but uh, many would say it's a waste. Uh, let's see, see what God says about this man. Genesis 32, we'll start at verse 23. It says, Then Jacob was left alone, and the men wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Now when he saw he did not prevail against him, he touched the, the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip out of the joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go for the day break. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name this morning, God, I'm asking you to move for us, God, to speak to every heart, every man, every woman. God, make yourself real this morning. God, anoint the words I preach. Uh, God, move, save souls. God, bring converts to you. Uh, I pray by the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Amen. A restoration I want to preach on this morning. Restoration. Jacob is not your average guy. The Bible says he's born in the calling and destiny. His hand, God's hand of favor and anointings up on this family. His father is Isaac. His mother's Rebecca. Isaac is the son of Abraham. Uh, this is a great family. Promise. Remember Genesis, uh, I believe Genesis 12, verse 2. Uh, God speaks these words to Abraham. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Make your name great. You will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. In your name, old families of the earth shall be blessed. So this is granddad, a great blessing, favor of God. And God speaks to even his father. These words, Genesis 26, verse 3. So during this land, I will bless you for you and your your offspring, I will give you this land. I will establish you uh, uh, as I did Abraham. And God began to speak blessings. So uh, Jacob is born into a great family. He's born into a family. As I said, God's hand, God's blessings upon this family through the grace of God. But although Jacob has ever reason to believe God pursued calling, uh, be a blessing to others, uh, the Bible says he was a surplanter. That word means con artist and deceiver. He cheated and deceived uh, his way through life to get what he wanted. Now think about that. He has all the opportunity on this hand. Uh, amen. He, has, he can do anything he wants in life. The hand of God's going to be upon him. But he chooses to be a con man, a cheat, uh, uh, a deceiver. Genesis 25, while still in the womb, Jacob tries to cheat his brother Esau out of, his first, uh, out of, the, out of being born first, verse 22. And the children struggled together within the womb, verse 24. And when uh, her day was delivered, were fulfilled. Behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red. All over it was a hairy garment. And they called his name Esau. And after him, his brother came out. His hand laid hold of Esau's heel, for his name was called Jacob. When they, I'm trying to give you a picture of who I'm talking about Jacob tonight. In the ancient Hebrew, uh, to lay hold of someone's heel was to lay hold of their soul. So from birth, Jacob lived his life as a surplanter, cheater, deceiver. Uh, you imagine in the womb, there's twins, uh, uh, and Esau's in the birth canal. He's going to be born first, uh, but, he, uh, but Jacob's trying to pull him back on his heel, trying to cheat him out of that, the being born first. But this is who Jacob is, the birthright, uh, was a very special uh, thing in those days. Uh, uh, I mean, it wasn't, it was a very sought after thing. Verse 27 says, so when the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter of the field, and Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents. Uh, Esau loved Esau, Rebekah loved 
uh, Jacob. It says this, Esau came in from the field. He's exhausted, and Esau said to Jacob, Let me eat some of that red stew, for I'm exhausted. Therefore, his name is called Edom. Jacob says, Sell me your birthright. Esau said, I'm about to die. So what is his birthright to me? Jacob said, Swear to me now. And swear to him and sold the birthright to Jacob. Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. And Esau despised his birthright. Now, you understand about birthright here. So uh, uh, they, under, they know what the birthright is. They've grown up as young men. The fathers explained them the birthright uh, is the judicial, uh, judicial authority of the father uh, in the home. So whoever gets that has the power uh, over the rest of the family. It's also the double portion of the father. Remember, this is a rich family. It's a blessed family. So to get this birthright means everything. But Esau, here he is, uh, or Jacob, I means crooked in nature. He's a serve planter. Uh, so his brother comes in, weary, exhausted, uh, uh, and he cheats him out of his birthright. Esau's about to die. What's this to me? I'm about to die. He sells him his birthright. Some years later, Genesis 27. Esau and Jacob's father is about to die. Isaac. Esau, the firstborn, will get the father's blessing before he dies. Now, the, the father's blessing is probably more powerful than the birthright. So the Hebrew child, uh, the firstborn, will get the birthright. Uh, again, that's judicial authority of the family. Double portion, but also... When the father dies, he gets the father's blessing. It's called the father's blessing is prophetic. Uh, it's word concerning the future, promises of inheritance, uh, authority over people and nations. So the blessing is probably greater than the birthright. So we know that uh, Jacob's already uh, cheated Esau now out of the birthright. But our, our scripture says this in verse 1, Genesis 27. When Esau was old and his eyes were dim, so he could not see, he called Esau, or J- when Isaac was old, he called Isaac his son and said to him, My son, and he answered, Here I am. And he said, Behold, I am old. I do not know the days of my death. Now then, take your weapons, uh, your quiver and your bow. Go to the fields and hunt me game that I love and prepare the delicious meal such I love. And bring it to me and I will eat and my soul shall bless you before I die. So, uh, now Esau is going to receive at least the blessing. Uh, he lost the birthright, but now he's going to get the blessing. His father's about to die, so he's going out. He's hunting game. He's going to get the game together. His father loves going to go back and cook this great meal. Uh, his father's going to bless him. But while he's out uh, hunting the game, going to prepare, uh, Jacob comes in, verse 18. Jacob went to his father and said, to My father, here I am, your son, he said, who are you? I'm, I'm Esau. He's lying here again. Uh, he's going to cheat his brother once again. Uh, I'm Esau. Give me the blessing here. What a crook, right? Yeah. Somebody help me. What a crook, right? Yeah. Verse 20, Esau gives, Jake, or, uh, Esau gives Jacob, uh, 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 and then Jacob lies. He said, my God gives you, or I, Isaac, the father, gives Jacob all the blessings. He says, may God give the dew of heaven. And the fatness of the earth and the plenty of the grain and wine, let people serve you, nations bow down to you, be Lord over your brother, and all he goes on. So Jacob gets his great blessing, again, prophetic blessing. Uh, so everything Isaac, Isaac spoke, uh, you're going to be over your brother, they're going to bow down, you're going to be over people and nations, uh, it's sealed, deal sealed. So now Jacob has stole his birthright, and now he stole his blessing. You know, it's 
cruel, uncaring, selfish as Jacob was, you and I are no better. Think about that for a minute. As cruel, deceiving, conniving, cunning uh, uh, as Jacob was, you and I are no better. Stay with me. Isaiah 64, 6, and we've all become like one who is unclean. All the righteousness, all the righteous deeds are like polluted garments. Amen. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So there's not one person in here who hasn't broke at least one or two commandments. Or maybe all. Uh, amen. There's not one person in here who can say, listen, I've went through life uh, not breaking no command. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Keep the Sabbath holy. Do not... I uh, have any other God before me. Uh, uh, we broke a few of them. Amen. So all of us are just as guilty as Jacob. We've had a great start. Uh, we're all born uh, these uh, fantastic little, little babies. You know, you look at these little babies, you're like, oh, man, they're so sweet. They're so kind. They're so nice. Uh, but they grow up. Right? They grow up. Uh, and Jacob has grown up. Now he's become a deceiver. He's con. Uh, he's a cheat. Uh, and on and on. But after Jacob steals his, steals his father's blessing from his brother Esau, Jacob runs away. For 21 years, he's on the run. That's the nature of sin, isn't it? Sin will make you runner. Sin will make you run from one relationship to another, one broken uh, life to another, uh, one club to another. That's the nature of sin. It will make you runner. And this is Jacob's life now for 21 years. Uh, but how many knows it always catches you? In verse 23 of our text, that Jacob was left alone. Alone is the end of every road, those who choose to live a life of sin. Those who choose, I'm going to live in sin, will always end on this road called alone. The Bible says he was left alone. You know, the story of the prodigal son is, to me, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of unique in the sense. The prodigal son, like Jacob, has every reason to believe God. Every reason to serve God, his father is, is in the father's house. There's wealth, there's inheritance there. Everything he needs to do well in life is in the house. Uh, but like Jacob, he's looking out, uh, wonder what's in the world, wonder what I can do uh, out there. So he takes off, thinking, you know, listen, uh, the father's holding me back. I'm going to go out and spread my wings. I'm going to grab some things in the world. Uh, but the Bible says the particle goes out. He ends up uh, in a famine. He ends up famished. Uh, amen. He ends up in a pig pen, the Bible said, a foreign country, and he has nothing now. He's squandered all of his wealth, uh, and now he's alone. Amen. He's begging for a job. Uh, he's hired. He's feeding pigs in a pig pen. Amen. Think about that. He goes to the father's house where he has wealth, inheritance, he has respect, dignity, and all that. Now he's begging to have a job in a pig pen. Amen. And as he's finally given that job, the Bible also says he's begging to eat the cubs the pigs eat, but it's no way. Good enough for the pigs. Listen, sin will always take you to these places. Sin will always lead you to a broken life, addiction, divorce, uh, financial disaster. This is where Jacob is in 24. Jacob is left alone. Let's look, secondly, at the grace of God here. You know, we think about the grace of God, we usually think about God's free and unmerited favor on humanity, don't we? Jesus Christ is a picture of God's perfect grace. Uh, upon the cross, Jesus takes the sin of humanity upon himself. Uh, uh, amen. We didn't have to purge that way by that. Jesus takes it up willfully upon himself. Uh, Ephesians says uh, 
uh, just by accepting Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we've received, uh, amen, the grace of God, that Jesus took the price of our sin. Uh, Ephesians says it this way, chapter 1, verse 7, In Him we have redemption through His blood, forgiveness of sin according to the riches of His grace. So you and I can be as sinful, as dirty, as nasty, uh, but we come to a place, God, forgive me, I'm sorry. Uh, and with a heart of repentance, the Bible says, in a moment's time, uh, we have redemption. This is the grace of God. We can be set free. We can be cleansed from sin uh, and its penalty and, and receive the grace of God. You're saved here this morning. You know what grace is. God pulled you out of the mess that you were in. Maybe that's alcoholism, drugs, uh, broken marriage, self-hatred, anger. Uh, but God, you got saved. God pulled you out of that mess. And you know what grace is. When I got saved, me and my wife were just married uh, a couple years. We were just teenagers. I was 18. She was 17. We got married. We had a baby already. Uh, and our life to the wreck. We got saved. Uh, God pulled us out of that mess. We've been married 36 years now. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. God does some great things in our marriage. But listen, we remember the mess we were in. We remember the mess that God pulled us out. We're very grateful. But that's a picture of grace this morning. Our text, we see grace in an unusual way. The Bible said a man is wrestling with Jacob. Commentaries say that this was Jesus himself. As Jacob is blessed, but now he's broken, and Jesus comes down. There's a wrestling, verse 24. Jesus touched the, hip, uh, the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip is out of joint. He's wrestled as he wrestled with him. So Jacob is... Uh, he's at the end of himself. Remember, he's violated his brother, did all this bad stuff. Uh, he's been left alone, but now he's desperate before God. And as he's wrestling, God enters Israel. And, you know, the story is told that if, a, if a, uh, uh, a shepherd wants a sheep to get close to him, what he will do is break his leg many times. And, and by that, he will keep that sheep close to him. Uh, and, and, and as they're close, he can, he can begin to help that sheep that sheep recover. Jesus is breaking Jacob here. Amen. Jesus is touching his hip. It's out of socket. Uh, when you're broken, how many know you need fixed? Amen. Jesus breaks only to fix this morning. Amen. Let me ask you, is there areas of your life that need to be broken? Pride, sin, stubbornness, anger, bitter, selfishness. Is there areas of your life that need to be broken? Jesus will break to fix us up again. To be broken, though, there must be a desperation on our side. Uh, Amen. I've noticed in my Christian life, any time that God will uh, touch my life and help me, it's a time. It's a uh, after time of desperation. Our text is that a man wrestled with him. The breaking of the day, verse twenty-four, and when he saw that he would not prevail against him. He touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip is out of joint as he wrestled with him. Jacob senses, I believe, that this is God. And in desperation, God, I'm not letting you go. Uh, I believe we have decided that we're not going to let God go, uh, and that God begins to break so he can rebuild, restore, and fix. Uh, I've been there before, and I'm sure you've been there. God, I'm not letting you go this time. God, I'm not letting you go. I'm desperate. God, I need a miracle. My marriage and miracle. My finances, uh, whatever life. God, I'm not letting you go. And Jacob is refusing to let God go. He's hanging on. Uh, doesn't matter what happens in life. I'm not letting God go. Uh, 
And in this, Jacob's faith rises up in desperation. And he sees the possibilities of God. He says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Uh, he sees the possibilities in God. Uh, unless you bless me, I'm hanging on to God. Uh, unless God touch me, uh, I'm going to leave here in bad shape. You know, there's people here today, unless God help you, your life's not going to turn out well. You see the writing on the wall. Let me, let me ask you, are you willing to wrestle with God? Pray, maybe do some fasting. Have you made up your mind, no matter what happens in life, I'm not letting God go. Listen, if you will make up your mind there, listen, God may break you, but only to fix you. God may break some areas. I remember me and my wife break. After we got saved again, uh, two, married two years where our marriage was horrible, we had no example in, our, in her side, my side of the family. Uh, but God began to break us as young uh, men and women. Uh, but we began to surrender to God. And God began to heal and direct and help us. Amen. So when Jacob made up his mind, I'm not letting God go. God began to help him. You know, Psalms 51, where this the famous scripture we get, uh, comes out of David's brokenness, actually. Created me a clean heart. Oh, God, renew a right spirit. We cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of thy salvation uh, and uphold me with your willing spirit. This comes out of a time of great desperation. David has this affair with Bathsheba. His life falls apart. Life ministry falls apart. But out of that, he's laying hold of God. There's a desperation uh, in that God begins to help and God begins to move him. What's interesting to me here as as David is broken before God, God restores him. Immediately, David begins to have a heart for people. So then I will teach transgressors your way. I believe that's a true picture of salvation. When God saves us, uh, restores our life, we begin to get a heart for other people. We want to see them saved. We want to see them restored. Can you say amen? amen. Genesis 33. When Esau and Jacob meet again, I don't know, sometimes it comes back around, you always have to meet it again. And Esau Jacob meet here. Remember all the violations. Jacob has cheated and conned his brother. He's caught, you know, got him out of the birthrights and the father's blessing. We're talking about huge things here. This is not just a few dollars. This is everything. And, and now Jacob has been on the run for 21 years. He's going to get back in the will of God, but he has to meet his brother. I believe how Jacob meets his brother is going to determine a lot of stuff. And you read Genesis 33, uh, as Jacob meets his brother, Jacob mends the relationship, he humbles himself, he pours out blessing uh, upon Esau, his brother gives him sheep, camel, cattle. Uh, in other words, he said, listen, I'm sorry for being a bum. Uh, I'm sorry for all the damage I've done. Uh, but Esau, the Bible said Esau come with 400 men ready to do business. Uh, but I believe uh, this is a picture, though, of, of our lives. Once we get saved, uh, amen, we want to reach the lost, don't we? We have a heart to witness. We have a heart to get people saved uh, and to get people into the kingdom of God. Uh, and we see this through Jacob's life. Look thirdly and lastly, the changed name here. How many know your name is your identity? You're known by your name. You're connected to people, places, and things by your name. So, uh, all of us have a name. All of us have some things connected to that name. And Jacob, remember Jacob's prayer, I will not 
uh, let you go unless you bless me. Okay, I'm going to change your name, God said. He said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, or no more shall you be identified uh, with the flesh, the con man, the deceiver, the carnal. But Israel, we have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. This is a great picture of salvation. No longer called Jacob, the serpent, or cheater, deceiver, but Israel. Israel means a prince that has power with God. Think about this. In one moment, Jacob goes from this deceiver, con man, uh, to a prince that has power with God. That's a true picture of salvation, isn't it? I mean, we we come in uh, filled with sin. The day I came into the church uh, 34 years ago, my life is a mess. Filled with sin, addictions, ungodly. Uh, uh, I come down this altar after the priest. I'm weeping, but I leave there. I'm changed. I mean, I'm changed by the Holy Ghost and power of God. Uh, I only want to serve God, do the will of God, and I'm a child of God now. I went into that church, uh, filthy and sin, went out clean and a child of God. That's a miracle. Can you say amen? If you go to Pittsburgh, Kansas, where I grew up, you ask people that knew me before salvation, they would say, yeah, there was a party or a liar, drug addict. Uh, they say all kinds of things. But you ask them the same people about Larry after salvation, they would tell you, man, all he wanted to do is talk about Jesus. All he wanted to do is go to church, uh, preach the gospel. Uh, uh, there's a change of identity. My, my life has totally changed uh, because now I've met with Jesus Christ. Jesus changed my life. Uh, did a miracle. And that's what we're talking about, a change of identity here. God, God no longer sees you as Jacob, but Israel. Uh, you're no longer that, that, that man, that deceiver, but now you're a prince with God that has power with God. Jacob, you have power with me now. Salvation is Jesus doing a miracle in you. You must be born again. We all know about the physical birth. We're here, right? Everybody here, right? So we've been physically born, but, but spiritually born is the same. Amen. It's a, it's a miracle done within. Uh, this is this picture of water turned to wine in John chapter 2. Salvation is something that can't be explained. It has to be experienced. Listen, we were there at that, that party that day, that marriage feast, uh, and they, they knew they're out of wine. There's water there, and they knew they turned that water up. It's going to be water, right? When they turned up, they turned into wine, uh, the best, the purest, the finest wine. Uh, they had to experience that. Nobody can just tell them about that. Hey, man, she was in here. We had a great, we had a great uh, cup of wine today. I mean, it was water, but uh, we drank it. It was wine. Uh, I mean, it's a miracle. That's what salvation is. It can't be just explained. Uh, I tell people what God's done in my life, what God's done in people I know uh, they're saved. It can't really be explained. We try it. Uh, but listen, it's better to be experienced. Listen, if you will ask Jesus in your heart, uh, God will do a miracle, and you will experience this. First Peter 1, 2. Chapter 2, I mean. So we're not just a new person with a new identity, but verse 9, Peter says this, you're a chosen race, a royal priest, and a holy nation, a people uh, 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 for his possession, uh, amen, that, that may proclaim his praises, uh, uh, amen. So uh, Peter said, listen, you're not just here now, you're here for God, come on. You're not just here, but you're here to please God, do the will of God. Uh, you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're no longer identified as that lay the sinner, but you have the prince that has power with God. Uh, we're royal people in God's eyes. Can you say amen? Uh, 
We may live in the ghetto. We may live in the bad side. Uh, but God said, listen, in my eyes, you're a royal people, a chosen people. Proclaim the praises of your God. Uh, and that's our calling. Can you say amen? Luke chapter 10, Jesus told his disciples, Behold, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Of all the powers of the enemy, nothing shall but it means hurt you. No, no, that's not just true of them. That's true of you and I as well. When you get saved, we get power. I remember before I was saved, I couldn't say no to alcohol. I couldn't. And my friends would bring it over, man, I would buckle. Even though I knew it was running my marriage, my family, I, I couldn't say no to it. I couldn't say no to certain drugs. Uh, I mean, I just, uh, but after I got saved, I remember my friends tried to bring it over to tempt me, uh, let us go out one last time. I said, no, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm living for God. There's power. Can you say amen? amen. I'm giving you power over the demonic, over serpents and scorpions. Uh, nothing shall any, by any means hurt you. Uh, Jesus has given Christians power over the demonic, over sin. We can stand and praise God and be a testimony for him. That's the new identity when he says, uh, bless me, okay, I'm going to make your name. I'm going to give you a new name. Uh, I'm going to give you a godly name. Amen. There's power connected to that name. Uh, you have some ability now uh, to worship God. You know, make your life count for God. You know, Jacob went on to be a very powerful man of God. Let me give you a little history. Remember, he started out the bum, uh, the conniver, the con man. But after salvation, he wanted to establish the 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 tribes of Israel are his sons. Think about that. The testimony of the tabernacle that was built uh, as they're going out of uh, Egypt, them all his sons. Through his family, through his name, uh, Israel stands today, uh, is, carries the name of Israel uh, uh, in the Middle East. The nation of Israel is birthed from this man. So after salvation, there's greatness, there's promise, uh, and there's the grace of God. That's not the truth here, the truth you and I. God wants to do great things through our lives. Uh, amen. God wants to I remember when I first got saved, and I looked—I looked bad. I mean, my hair—I had long hair. I—I uh, I was uh, I had some issues. But I come in, and God began to give me some promises. I began to hang on to them. Uh, I remember a man called me and said, "You're going to preach one day." Listen, I've never stood before people. I stuttered really bad uh, uh, when, when I was growing up. I mean, I, it took me a minute to say a sentence. And but uh, he said, "You're going to preach," and I began to lay hold of that promise. And God began to help me, and I can preach to that's a miracle. Listen, make your life count for God. You know, there's a, a story about a man who's on a, a commuter. He went from Long Beach Island to uh, New York or somewhere in there. But anyway, he kept going in the train. He kept going from cart to cart, uh, and he was saying these words. Uh, uh, well, I was, I, once I was blind, but now I can see. So he began to tell everybody, I, once I was blind, everybody's like, what, what's going on? Or what's he talking about? Uh, so anyway, he was a blind man. So he was a blind man. He went to see a doctor. The doctor was uh, uh, Dr. Carl. Uh, he went to see Dr. Carl there in uh, Long Beach. Uh, 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 and this, this doctor did surgery on his eyes. He, he was so blown away. His life has so been changed. He was once darkness uh, now I can see, he can see all the colors that we can see. Uh, he can see life as we said. He's so blown away. Uh, every day, he said, he went on that uh, that train. Uh, from car to car, beginning to tell I was blind. Uh, 
Now she begins to tell the story. Listen, if you're blind, go to this doctor. This doctor can heal you. Listen, we ought to be that excited about Jesus Christ. We ought to be people, amen, that would go from house to house, uh, place to place. Listen, I was blind, but now I see God's done a miracle in my life. Uh, God's changed me. Uh, uh, we're going to have an excitement in our step uh, and to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Listen, Jacob is the story of you and I. Jacob is the story of you and I. Listen, as growing up, we were all the precious kids. We blew it. Everyone blew it somewhere. But listen, we can, we've been restored. Hallelujah. We, we have promises of God now. Uh, amen. Listen, don't waste it. Jacob's, uh, I'm wrestling with God. God said, I'm going to change your name. Listen, God has changed every one of us. You know, in Africa, I spent eight years in Africa. The pastor's there now. The thing about the Africans is uh, uh, they love a new name. Uh, their names are long. They have three or four names. I mean, you can't even say them. <laughs> like, you know, they love to be called brother and sister. Praise the Lord for that. Yeah, but they, love, they want a Christian name. I don't know how many times these uh, men and women were coming. I didn't understand it at first. Uh, uh, they said, Pastor, give me a name. Name me. Give me a name. I'm like, I can't, you know, I can't really do that legally. Uh, I can't. So I said, okay, you're John. Uh, you're Mary. Uh, I started giving these Christians. They loved it because there's an identity change there. They begin to find Mary in the Bible. They begin to find John. Uh, I've got something to live for. I've got an identity uh, change. Uh, to me, it's just a name. But to them, it's everything. It meant to them, it meant, listen, there's a hope now because many of them come from families uh, poverty-stricken. Uh, they were, uh, many of them are violated as children. And they grew up in a horrible abuses. Uh, and to them, they get this name now. They wouldn't identify with that life anymore. They identify as a Christian uh, with the house of God, the church of God. Uh, and it meant everything to them. And I begin to think about that. That's what God did here. Jacob no longer has to look back and say, I was that uh, that's my identity. No, uh, my identity is God. Now God changed my name, gave me a new identity. That is true for you and I this morning. You and I have a new name. You read the book of Revelation. It says our, there's pillars in heaven. It's our name. We're a pillar in the house of God somewhere. And when you go to heaven, there's going to be a pillar there that has your name on it. You can have a place in heaven let that man be with God for eternity. Wasn't that a wonderful thing? So let me close here. Maybe you're a Jacob this morning. Maybe you wasn't a con man, a cheater, but you had a lot of other issues. But you may still be a Jacob. Maybe you come here this morning, you're not saved yet. Now, living for God, you look at your life and say, man, it's a mess. Now, I've got drug addiction. I've got marriage problems. I've got finance. The list goes on and on. Listen, Jesus can change you. You can't change yourself. Jacob ran for 21 years, tried to outrun who he was. Listen, you can move from place to place, but you're still you. Right? You're still who you are. Only Jesus can change your life. Jacob comes to a place, he knows he can't do anything, he wrestles with God. It's a a picture of salvation. We come to the house of God, we're we're sick of who we've become. Wrestle at this altar, God changes his life. That can be you this morning. You can leave this place a totally different person than what you came in. Not only that, uh, let me leave you with this. You get a new name. You get a new identity with God. When you're born again, that's exactly what it means. Uh, we're born again. The old life is gone. The Bible said, behold, behold, all things have become new. Uh, 
So see, God gives you a brand new life in God's eyes. All the sin uh, thus has been thrown in the sea of forgetfulness. God sees you in sin no more. He sees you as a child of God, a prince that has power with God. Isn't that wonderful this morning? Let's bow our heads. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website, vbph.org, and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.